powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Welcome back to Game Over Toronto. Harnish and Lauren here with you for the first time in the season together. Hey, that's something. For the first time in 41 games. Now that we now that we know we're at the half point in the season, we can actually calculate exactly how many how many games, how many games it's been. So yeah, I mean it's only taken oh, half a season for us to host <laughs> together, eh? <laughs> but hey, at least we got a dub out of this one. Um, I I feel like I've been cursed. The last couple of games I've hosted have all been like all the OT uh the OT games that that we've had, and I was like, please, please, for the love of God. Do not give me another OT game. And as soon as we got on call together, I mean, it was like, what, within a minute? Mitch Marner scores it, gives us the lead, and wins the game for us 2-1. to Fantastic stuff, eh? Yeah, it's been beautiful. I mean, if you really, if you watch how the game is, if you watch how the game was played, it was a battle of the goalies all the way through. Mm -hmm. UC Soros looked amazing. Um, and And then, of course, Matt Murray closing the door so many times in the first period keeping them in the game we're gonna get into that oh i can't wait to talk about it and of course we have our very very special guest mike camito waiting waiting below you guys can't see him but we can so we're excited to have mike on today and we're excited to talk about the leafs beating the nashville predators two to one in the last 90 seconds of the game Woo! Nailbiter to the end, baby. Nailbiter to the end. Hey, before we get ahead of ourselves, let's give a shout out to Sports Interaction, though. Think you know what way it'll go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pre-game, live and play are on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 and older, and please play responsibly. Now, without further ado, we've teased him enough. Let's in- introduce our our special guest for tonight. He's a hockey historian who's worked with the likes of the LA Kings and the Sudbury Wolves of the OHL. He's the author of Hockey 365 and who just so happens to have a new book coming out soon uh, this fall called Leafs 365. We have none other than Mike Camito. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. At least we didn't make you watch a Leafs win or a Leafs loss. A Leafs loss. <laughs> yeah, I, pre- I appreciate not having to stay up late for uh, for OT uh, or, or a shootout. But yeah, no, it was... Uh, it was, it was an exciting way to end it for sure. I think uh, definitely, I think, Lauren, you mentioned, obviously, the goaltending was great tonight. Uh, definitely, there were some lulls, I think, in action during some of the periods, but I think they got you right where you wanted you right at the end. And yeah, it was it was great till the end. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, you said it best right there, right? It was an act, it was a, a, a duel against the goalies, right? And um, both of them were fantastic. And, and there was a lot of chances for both teams, right? Especially in that first. But there was a lot of great saves. Now, if you step back and see the 2-1, to one, you might think that it's not a high-paced game. Or there, there wasn't a lot of opportunities here and there. But no, it was there was just great goaltend on either sides. And uh, it, it was funny. If you saw that um, that little excerpt of like Saros uh, in practice, uh, just skating, uh, uh, doing a side-to-side shuffle, right? And just seeing how fast he was. Uh, he's terrifying i didn't know that he could move that fast i was not aware that goalies could move that fast he was like twice the speed of the goalies what was that oh yeah he was like michael phelps but on ice right just leaving everybody else in the dust oh my gosh 
<laughs> but we beat him somehow. The, there, the, yeah, there was a part of me when I obviously on that uh, on that power play right at the end of the game, and we you saw the yawning cage that like I'm like this is gonna go in, but then you're kind of like if anyone's gonna get across in time to grab this, it's gonna be Saros. But uh, he came close, but obviously not close enough. Uh, way too far out of his net to to grab that. So we'll mm-hmm. take it. The diving save. Oh, I he actually felt close. kind of bad for him because yeah. he was he played so well all night, and that save was really good, and it was. I mean, near save, mm. didn't quite get it, but I mean, he almost had a save. That was the crazy part. Think about it. He <laughs> and we talk about him going back and forth in that in that practice clip, and that's exactly what he did. He he crossed over to the other side of the crease, had a stick out, and just by a slight fraction, just just missed the puck, right? Uh, but I mean, it was a game of inches, right? And that's the inch that that uh, that got us the win. And who other than Marner, right? There was a crazy stat that we saw up on the screen today. Um, saying that he's on an 18 game home uh, point streak. That's crazy stuff. That's that's the he tied the record with Daryl Sidler mm-hmm. for that, right? He's breaking yeah. all kinds of records this season. The year of the point streak. It's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what have your thoughts been for for Marner? I mean, so far. I mean, again, we we don't have Matthews here today, right? Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that too. But uh, it looked like he kind of stepped up and and he was uh, he was playing really well today, right? Yeah, it was like, I mean, obviously, I think with Matthews out of the lineup tonight, obviously, some things had to get shuffled. You kind of notice, especially in that first period, uh, especially the power play couldn't get set up on that first opportunity. Obviously, big difference to those two units with him out of the lineup. But yeah, at first, even Marner looked a little little sloppy, a little out of sync, kind of overskating the puck, whiffing on some, some plays. But as I think he got better as the game went on, and you could see him really kind of come to life and become that, you know, the player I think we've kind of come to expect. This year, it's been uh, it's been unreal to see what he's done. I think you've almost quite you know after he had the the obvious the franchise point streak, it's this this home point streak's been kind of under the radar, right? But then mm-hmm. watching tonight and you see what he does, you really appreciate just how great he's been. Obviously on the road and at home, and it's great that he's chasing another record. Hopefully, he gets to 19 and, and puts his name at the top of that list. But certainly, he's in some pretty elite company right now. Yeah, definitely, well, definitely. Well, and even. You know, the way he was playing tonight, you can tell that the whole team, not just Marner, from the get-go looked a little bit lost. It, became, mm-hmm. it was it was like they were looking for somebody to finish the, all of these great passes that they were <laughs> making, right? And, of course, he, Matthews isn't playing today, unfortunately. And that gives other guys opportunities. But the way Marner played tonight is just like, I'm so glad he got the game-winning goal. And on Dad's night, no less, right? Mm-hmm. Such an mm-hmm. important night for all of those players. And special shout out to my dad who was actually at the game tonight with my nephew. So, but oh, that's yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. but uh, I mean, like another player that that got a little called out um, by by Keith. I mean, this this morning, right? Is is Nylander, right? Nylander has been going through kind of a, love, a tough stretch or uh, uh, the last couple of games, and um, I mean, he was the one who got that assist off to to Tavares today, and he looked on fire today i mean he was he was making plays he was just playing really well going down and i i think he just had a great bounce back game and it was just um it was interesting to see i i got to pull up the quote uh specifically but it looked like willie is is really cognizant of of his lack of um offensive i guess uh uh output in the last couple of games and he said that when uh when he was moved to center uh he said it'll force me to move my feet again uh which i think is a really good thing right and and keith was glowing about that saying that hey it's nice to see him him um taking that criticism moving forward with it right what were your thoughts on on willie and the way that he played and kind of bounced back a little bit 
Yeah, no, especially in that first, uh, obviously setting up that or helping to set up that goal. And then even the the breakaway that, you know, you're watching and you're like, this is, he's going to get it. And then, you know, he doesn't, but that's, that's how it works, right? It is a game of inches. And, and obviously I think you had two strong goaltenders at both ends of the ice. So even if, you know, he was able to kind of, to get by him, he probably would have been uh, still in, in tough to, to beat Saros tonight, but no, I think he looked great. Um, so again, just, uh, just, it's been a treat to really watch him this year. Um, I think we've been spoiled with with the seasons that that these guys have been having, and I think even if you you want to probably get to him as well, but JT with the twentieth goal tonight, um, it's just been again given what we've seen with with Marner, and then you know the season that Nylander's having, and then now that Matthews is kind of coming back to where I think a lot of people thought he would be, JT's still also kind of having this under the radar season as well, where you know thirteenth twentieth goal campaign, so he's doing everything that we that we need him to do. Absolutely. And, you know, if you look at the whole, the game as a whole, when they, when the game first started, I couldn't, I actually had to look up what the lines were because I was like, why is Neil and Darren with bunting and bangfall? I was like, did I miss a line change? Are they starting it strange? But like, I mean, obviously later on as the game went on, um, you know, they swapped him out for Kerfoot. I think a couple of times there was sort of like a revolving door of people on that first line. But I mean, it was, it was, it was a, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, it's, 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 it's hard to pinpoint what exactly makes a difference in a game like tonight. And even the first goal, the Tavares goal, it was just barely off the bottom of Saros's pad, right? Like he's half an inch away from saving that. And even the Murray goal, the the goal that the Preds got, like that was a dirty pullback, the toe yeah. drag. Oh my gosh. It was just filthy. And it was, it was, it was a good game at both ends. And, and I think we were just lucky to get out on top of it. I was saying to Harnish before you actually joined Mike that if we went to overtime, there's zero chance that the Leafs <laughs> that the Leafs win. Zero percent chance in any way that they get the second point because they just looked so so lost without him. And I didn't even really notice that Brody wasn't playing tonight because mm-hmm. the defense played fairly well, right? I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't realize that until partway through the game. Um, so, I mean, that's that just shows how well our defense has been playing tonight, recently and tonight. Yeah, and um, we were talking about the, the points too, right? And um, do you think there's any way that, that the Leafs have a, a possibility of catching up to, to Boston? Because we're pretty far behind right now, right? And I think getting that number one spot is going to be really important because by the with the way that things are shaking up right now we're going to be going against uh against tampa and that's always <laughs> a rough series whoever comes out of that is uh is going to be beaten and worn out right um so you got to really try to get as many points as possible right yeah because it doesn't seem like boston's going to slow down i mean you'd have to yeah. have like something kind of catastrophic happen where you know not not to say that that's happened in new jersey but obviously they had masked so many points in that incredible run they went on and they've been kind of sputtering i think they're back on the right track now but uh but again i think with what boston's put together like you you're going to be in really tough sledding to try to catch them so i think just try to get as many points as you can mm-hmm. and you know i'm i think i'm one of those uh masochistic leaf fans that just give me tampa or give me boston in the first round they've got to get through them at some point maybe that cathartic <laughs> feeling of like getting through tampa i feel like it has to be boston to really kind of have that existential breakthrough but totally agree e- either way one first round second round let's go or, or if it's a conference final they're gonna have to go through them anyway so part of me just wants to have that get it over with and see what happens you never know obviously anything can happen in the playoffs but i feel like that's what they need to to break through we'll we'll see 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I covered the the Leafs last year in the playoffs with Game Over, and uh, and just looking at them losing and seeing how close they were. If they beat Boston or if they beat Tampa, I seriously think they could have gone all the way to the finals. <laughs> so it's, it looks like it's going to be a similar situation here, where if they do match up against Tampa, hey, uh, Boston's no no uh, no easy easy team, but. Uh, it's, it's going to be fun either way. We're in for a, a great second half. Uh, it seems like, uh, for the most part, the the teams and the positions that they're going to be going through, maybe Toronto and, and Tampa kind of swaps here and there, but it looks like the teams are kind of sorted out. Um, now it's just get into playoff hockey, right? Just start playing well. And uh, and we talked about Murray. I mean, he's taken a step forward over the last, uh, the, earlier on this season. Both the goalies looked a little shaky here and there in a couple of games, but... Yeah, what what are your thoughts on um on on what the Leafs need to do to try to kind of like dig down and and get ready for the playoffs? What what else do you think they need to do? Do you think they need to um get someone else on uh um uh, before the trade deadline? Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 one of those years where you look back what like other teams have done, like you know, loading up, knowing that uh, you know you're at your like peak window right now. So I mean, especially for somebody like Dubas, who's obviously going into uh, he needs a new contract soon. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not necessarily saying or advocating that the team should like swing for the fences and do something significant, but I think what we've seen in, especially last year in the, in the playoffs against Tampa, when like Nick Paul's the one who wins the game in, uh, in game seven, that you can't have enough like depth scoring. Right. And obviously I think we've been spoiled with the scoring that we've been getting up and down the lineup so far, but come playoffs, if that top line or even that, that second line gets shut down, I think we have the depth. The the team has a lot of great depth now, but you certainly can enhance that. I think obviously people are going to point to, you know, the defense is always an area that you look to with Toronto. I think not just now, but in previous seasons, it's always something you can improve upon. But I mean, the defense has played, I think really well this year, especially with how many injuries that have been, that we've had. And I think, you know, they've really, really kind of come together. So I think in terms of, you know, going into the playoffs, I think just kind of getting into that style of playoff hockey at the right time. I think you always see where teams start playing, they get hot too early and then by the time the playoffs come around, they can't sustain that. So, I mean, I'd like to see, like, obviously picking up the two points whenever you can get it. But I think also just kind of ensuring that this kind of uh, this play is sustainable. And I think if they do add new pieces to the lineup, obviously finding a way to gel with those with those new players and then making sure that they're kind of all rowing in the same direction come playoff time. I think, obviously, there's a lot of luck in that, too. And, I mean, injuries are going to play a part. But I think even just tonight, like, the kind of – Murray played great. But, I mean, even those that desperation save in the first where – a little luck involved there. I think some puck luck goes a long way. So hopefully they get puck luck at the right time. You don't want to waste it in the regular season. Let's save some of that puck luck from the hockey gods uh, in <laughs> April and May. Well, and you, Mike, you make a good point. And and speaking about the defense, um, you know, I'm, I I heard a statistic tonight, and I I I mean, it was on Sportsnet, so I was I'm sure it was true. But apparently, Liljegren leads the Leafs defenseman in goals with a marvelous three, which. <laughs> Come playoff time, you know, if you look at teams that have gone deep the last couple of years, and now I'm not saying Morgan Riley needs to play like Victor Hedman or Kel McCarr, and that's not what he is, right? We're all aware of that. But I find that slightly more troubling than I did 12 hours ago before I heard that statistic because I just, it's not something that I actively thought about. But, you know, three goals by a defenseman is, is that... I mean, I don't think that's something that the Leafs are necessarily going to trade for, but do you think that that could be a, a factor come playoff time if they come against a team like Tampa or Boston? 
I, I hadn't thought about that, but uh, I, yeah, it obviously on the broadcast it's true. But I, I do know only because I, I do this thing where I track uh, the Cy Young in hockey, right? So it's like it's obviously not a real award. Obviously, Cy Young is for pitchers in baseball, but it's the Cy Young Award in hockey is defined by the Hockey News. Back when I saw this article in 2015, was like the player that has the most goals with the fewest assists. Obviously, gets the Cy Young for the most wins and fewest losses. And there's the reverse Cy Young. Uh, that I that you have for the player with the fewest goals but the most assists and and I always knew that Riley was up there because he was like zero and nineteen. So I mean I'd like to think that given what we've seen from him in past seasons, like he'll regress to the mean at some point and like those pucks will start going into the back of the net. But yeah, now that now that you've said that and kind of put that into my brain, um, yeah, that is a little cause for concern. Um, but I would like to think that as you know, hopefully he continues to stay healthy and stays in the lineup, that uh, it'll it'll go his way at some point. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully he finds this place or uh, picks up on on the power play as he has in the past couple of seasons, and the Leafs demolish this five forward power play that they've been <laughs> running recently. I hate it. I think it's it's. Do it's you hate it too, Mike? Do you hate the five forward power play? <laughs> yeah, I, it was one of those things where I think at first I saw him like, "Wow, oh, this is really cool," and then you kind of see it, and actually, like, actually, no, let's uh, let's not let's <laughs> yeah. not do this. Ex- let, the experiment's over. Let's uh, let's go back. <laughs> conceptually it's great in actuality it's awful yeah terrible (laughs) terrible hey before we go though we i mean we gotta um we gotta talk about mcmahon um is there a better nickname than vince for this guy (laughs) (laughs) bobby mcmahon uh he's coming in uh obviously we talked about matthews being out he's out for a a lingering injury uh listed as day-to-day but on the bright side he was practicing earlier with the squad today and uh he even stayed late um after the practice and shot a few bucks so fingers crossed he's back soon but bobby mcmahon looked great today right uh what were your thoughts on that i think he he was doing a good job just using his body to get some uh some win some key puck battles and he had that great saucer pass uh yeah what were your thoughts on on bobby i was definitely rooting for him it's obviously always fun when when you see a a player get into their first nhl game especially a player like him who's obviously had uh has had a long pro career in the minors for the last i think four or five seasons he's been with uh with the marlies and with the growlers as well but he was in the mix though right because i think you saw some plays where obviously i don't think he i don't think he had any shots on net he had a few misses but like he was in the mix, like to your point, using his physicality, but also he had some some passes that just didn't uh, weren't able to convert on. But uh, but it's always great, especially coming into your first NHL game, that you know you expect players, to, I think, to be a little jittery. But I think he you know he he settled in, and I think by those later periods, yeah, it was just great. I was definitely pulling for him, though. It's always uh, it's always fun uh, to see a, a first point or a first goal. Didn't happen tonight, but uh, but again, we'll see. It's I think what's even it's you know obviously you want. Matthews to come back in the lineup, but I think it's a fun moment for for him and his family. You know, Lauren, you mentioned the the dad's game tonight, the dad's trip's coming up. So I think, uh, you know, Bobby's parents came in uh, for this game tonight to check it out, and his dad's going to stick around for the dad's trip. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's so nice. Sweet. Just makes the heart warm. <laughs> the Leafs, the Leafs, like from everything that I have ever heard, the Leafs. Like everybody that plays for Leafs talks about how well they take care of like their whole families and any kind of arrangements that they need. I mean, I guess that's what you get when, you know, that's when it's the center of the hockey universe, guys. <laughs> Let's just say it. Yeah, I mean, Dubas, I, I'm sure Dubas also plays a factor that you saw when, uh, who was it that got that that hand injury a couple of years back and and you saw Dubas run down uh trying to make sure he's yeah, there mm-hmm. you go. There you go. Run down to make sure he's okay and, and stayed with him. So, I mean, yeah, I 
that's something you got to give credit for. The Leafs organization is just very classy and uh, and great. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, hey guys, everyone, whoever's listening, uh, whether you're listening from home or, or listening live, thank you guys uh, for for being here with us. And uh, uh, if you guys are enjoying the show so far, make sure you hit like and subscribe and show some love. Tweet out at us. Uh, we'd appreciate it. Um, and make sure you guys get your questions over here in the chat. Exactly. Like, I have the. I literally have it the chat open directly behind the screen so i can see it i see all of you and there you go lauren sees all <laughs> hey but uh let's switch uh so let's switch gears a little bit because um uh mike i'm really excited for this this leaves 365 book that you have coming out later this fall um for all of the fans that that aren't really familiar with the nhl 365 series that you have going on give them a little brief uh and and tell them a little bit about what this book is all about yeah, so it's uh, it's it's basically 365 short leaf stories, one for every day of the year. So I had previously written uh, two books, part of the Hockey 365 series. The first period and the second period. Obviously, I'm obviously going to have to finish regulation at some point, so there will be a third period, probably not anytime soon because you know the Leafs book hasn't dropped yet. But it kind of stemmed from that, where those those first two books I had explored 365 different moments in hockey history. Uh, and then, you know, as a Leafs fan, I kind of always thought that, you know, there's definitely probably enough material to sustain a volume just on a specific team. When I talked to my publisher about it, you know, they were all in. Obviously, I think, you know, Lauren Center of the Hockey Universe, they probably think there'll be some copies sold come October of 2023. Let's hope. Um, but yeah, it was it was uh, it was one of those things where you kind of had to take an idea that you knew it worked. Obviously, there's a ton of hockey history you know, given how long NHL has been around, given, you know, the importance of, of women's hockey and international hockey as well, try to combine those in those other volumes. But in this one, uh, it was just Leafs focus. So it was really fun for me as a fan to be able to kind of dig into the team's history, kind of revisit a lot of stories that, you know, I think we're even experiencing some of those this year, but in recent seasons, and then obviously moments from I remember as as a kid following the Leafs in the in the 90s and stuff. So it was it was a lot of fun. I hope I hope people are into it, but uh, it, it was a labor of love, but I, I had a blast doing it. So hopefully that that comes through in the pages. Oh, I'm going to pre-order the crap out of that. <laughs> yeah, it's and you, you can pre-order right now. So, I, yeah, pre-orders help for sure. They uh, help show uh, show the publisher uh that there's demand and it helps uh definitely uh with sales for sure mike where can i buy this i'm literally gonna buy this on stream right now you could buy it wherever you like to buy books so if you want to buy uh from your favorite indie bookstore or you can go to amazon chapters wherever it's uh, wherever you can get books okay Sweet. talk amongst yourselves i'm gonna do this right now <laughs> there you go uh yeah i mean this is there's so much history that's that's there with the Leafs. Give us give us a little snippet. Give us give us maybe maybe one, just one out of the three hundred sixty five days. <laughs> give us something. There you go. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, there's there's so many, and I think what I tried to do with when I was when I got into the second volume of Hockey Three Sixty Five, I tried to like pick stories that weren't as well known, just because there's a lot of hockey stories out there. There we go. <laughs> I don't need everybody to see my address, <laughs> yeah. but. I did just buy it. There we go. Thank you there so you much. Go. There we go. I can't wait to forget that I pre-ordered that and then have it show up. <laughs> It'll be, be a like, great, yeah. great surprise for you come October, right? It just Absolutely. shows straight on the Kindle. <laughs> yeah. I I always pre-order my own books too. So it's always fun for me. It's like, what did I order again this week? It's like, oh yeah. So anyway, it's it's always good. But yeah, it's uh, what I try to do in the second book was just like try to pick stories that people, 
you know, had probably maybe heard throughout the years, but maybe forgot or some people weren't familiar with. So try to find those quirky stories. So I think with this book, I had to do that a lot just because, you know, as Leafs fans, I think we can all agree that come, you know, June, the material dries up quite a bit. Uh, so there's not a lot of necessarily playoff stories to kind of uh, regale the readers with. So you kind of had to get creative. Um, and I think that's probably a hallmark of the book. I think even in during the regular season, when there's a lot to pick from, there's only so many games you can talk about and so many, you know, moments where this player did this and this is a record or wherever it may be. So, I mean, you'll see stuff in the book, like David Clarkson, you know, playing the role of water bottle police, you know, during a game against the Red Wings before, uh, you know, the winter classic. Uh, there's a, so that's, a, that's a fun one there. And there, I mean, even like more recent ones when Matthews, this was back in 2018, that anniversary is coming up later this month when it was a game, I forget who they were playing, but like he had a goal disallowed, and it was it should have been a goal. And then later in the game, he scored again, and he emphatically signals to the ref that it was a good goal. So I threw that in there. I've got one in there about the Knights. And th- these are some of these are really obscure. There was a moment, somebody memed it, when uh, a puck flew at the bench, and everybody on the bench, like, ducked for dear life. And Except Tavares. Just staring <laughs> straight ahead. So I threw that in there that, uh, you know, that, that, you know, he uh, he kind of uh, cheated death, let's say, a little bit uh, hi- hyperbolic. But I threw that in there. So, I mean, I think you'll have a lot of those, you know, quirkier, weirder ones. And then you'll have, obviously, the tried and true stories. Um, what I what I wrote at, at some point in the book, I think it's still in there, that uh, I obviously have, like, with the Leafs winning the Cup in 1967, which, as the time that we're talking, is the last time they've won a Cup. But I'm really hoping that come June... The publishers, uh, we have to make some serious edits that are a rewrite the public <laughs> publication, the printing process, because we got to go back and tear out some of those pages because those words don't hold up anymore. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to jinx it, but I'm going to put it out in the universe and hope that it comes back. That I am doing rewrites in June. I want to do those rewrites, so I would love nothing more than to do those rewrites. You might be the first author. <laughs> In in modern history, to be like, I hope I'm wrong, and I have to redo part of my book. Like, it would, yeah, it would give me no greater pleasure than to have to rewrite all those pages that have last Stanley Cup, last Stanley Cup, or whatever it may be. So, <laughs> just Control F and find every single last yeah. instance. Of that. Just take 1967 right out of the book. We don't need it anymore if that happens. <laughs> Think of all the people who have to come up with new replies if if that happens, right? So, oh yeah, that would be the best part. Just saying. You to everyone who's yeah. just constantly bringing that stat up, but hey, um, Mike, you so, so um, I mean, you're a historian, right? And and you you, how did you get into um, get into like the the weeds with all this hockey lore and and where did this passion come from? Because um, I I believe that you've been a, a Leafs fan since childhood, right? But yep. uh, where did that the passion come from to be like, hey, I'm gonna do this. I'm just gonna uh look at all the, the the history that this beautiful game has has had over the past couple of years right yeah it's it's kind of a funny story because it definitely didn't start out like that um i had always loved hockey like as a kid i didn't play it at an organized level i played like our family would do outdoor rinks and like neighborhood rinks and things like that so i played but i was obviously not a hockey player by any means but i still loved watching it big hockey card collector i was drawn to like the history of some of those cards i i remember having the set where it was the, you had all the NHL's trophies in the backstory, right? So I loved learning about like why the Hart Trophy is named the Hart Trophy or why do we call it the Art Ross? So things like that always kind of stuck with me. And then, you know, after fighting, going down the road of actually studying history for many years, I finally started studying history in university. I was doing my PhD at McMaster 
And I just needed to do something creative outside of what I was typically doing, which was reading a lot of Canadian history and leading, reading American history and British history. So I thought maybe I could do something with hockey. And this was right around the time that obviously you started to see the rise of blogs and, you know, people finding their voices online when previously that wasn't really available to you. And so what I first started doing was like this weird Frankenstein mashup where I would take moments in Canadian history and combine it with what I thought was going to happen in the NHL that night. So you'd have like, today's the anniversary of the statute of Westminster, but tonight the Leafs are taking on the senators. You know, here's my take on what I think is going to happen. So I did that for a little while, uh, by like for myself on my own blog, just for fun. I don't know who read it. I think my mom was probably the only one that, uh, that read it. Uh, and then that got picked up by my local, you know, newspaper in town, which was great because it gave me an opportunity, I think, to kind of continue to improve and find a new audience. And then from there, like I did a little bit of that for an LA Kings fan blog called the Royal Half. And that's kind of really got me set up with the Kings where I was doing moments in California history and then Pacific Division previews for a couple nights of the week. But it was at that point where I realized that like, this is fun. I'm enjoying it. But like, how many people are really reading this to get the history part and the hockey part? It's probably one or the other, but it's probably just the hockey. And so from there, I kind of clicked that you study history, you know how to write about history and research history. Like, why don't just focus on hockey history? And that's honestly what happened. And then from there, I just kind of dove in further. At, I ditched the the mashups and just kind of focused on telling a lot of these stories that, uh, you know, that I think that I find interesting because I think if you find something interesting, there's a, probably at least one more person out there in the world that finds it interesting. And there's probably a few others. So from there, it was just kind of, uh, yeah, just like reading more and, and finding stories that interested me and then just went on there, got some opportunities with places like Vice and Sportsnet and just uh, continued writing. And uh, yeah, so it's it, interesting. I'd never thought I would do that. And it's funny because like hockey history is obviously a field within history. Sport history is a very rich you know, subfield. I never considered either of those when I went into grad school. I don't know why. Maybe it worked out better this way because it happened naturally. But yeah, it just it worked out nicely, I'd say. Yeah, it's and I worked mean, out very well. <laughs> and and what a bit, uh, what a better like natural progression than right in hockey, uh, right in the the Leafs three six five, right? Being a Leafs fan, being a historian, and having this insight, and also obviously doing the the two other books with uh with hockey three uh, uh with hockey three six five, um, uh, yeah, this is gonna it's gonna be a really really interesting book, and I'm I'm excited to see what you have cooked up for us. Uh, can't wait for for that, um. Yeah. What? Okay. So you've been a hockey fan for your entire life now, right? Mm-hmm. What was your first, what was your favorite memory of the Leafs? Cause there's been quite a few. I, I personally haven't, uh, like I've been a fan, I'd say starting around like the, the late two thousands. So haven't had too, too much. Right. Um, but I mean, you've, I'm sure you've, you've, uh, through your research, you've, you've, seen a lot you've you've read about a lot what's what's been your your top uh your top memory yeah it's 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 funny because like you don't as a kid you don't really have like a specific memory i think i know (laughs) for a fact that like when they were going through their runs in 93 and 94 up to the conference finals like i remember watching those games i remember you know doug gilmore wendell clark like those are the players that like i idolized growing up felix potvin i was never Never somebody who was a goalie, although I did have like road hockey pads and I threw those on from time to time until they the fabric got stripped off and then the foam was coming out. So I love Podfin and his mask, but like I just remember 
being interested in watching those runs and like my parents making a deal that you can stay up as late as you want them knowing of course that I'm not going to make it through the end of the game and I would never see how the game ended you'd wake up in your bed and be like oh, I missed it again right but it's kind of those things where like as a kid you remember back it's it's not coherent as to what you were watching or even what I could say like obviously I didn't remember that first game of that LA series when you know, you've got Gretzky and Gilmore going head to head, which was, you know, rightfully billed as two of the best players in the game at that time going uh, squaring off. But that game is kind of punctuated by McSorley and Wendell Clark having that like that that fight in that game that just like really lit the powder keg. Right. Obviously, I think as a Leafs fan watching that game, they take the first win. You're hoping it was a preview of things to come. We know the story. We don't have to get into, you know, game six and the missed call there. But uh but I think some of those memories are, are, are what stick out to me. And that's kind of, I think, formed the foundation of my fandom. I think, you know, re- whether you were my age in the 90s or coming of age watching the Leafs in the 2000s, like there's not a lot of, I think, great memories that we've had since then. I think there's been a lot of fun <laughs> moments that we've experienced, you know, in the regular season that are great uh, that I cherish. But uh, but I think it's I'd like to add to that and kind of see, um, you know, where it goes. But I will I will say this just because I think I, I, I kind of I don't want to underestimate i think some of those memories that i've had is that i think for me personally like i watched matt austin matthews first game my daughter was like two weeks old and you know i had her on the couch with me she slept the whole game but she was wearing maple leafs pajamas i had a leafs jersey on and then obviously to see matthews do what he did i think just as a hockey fan that was incredible for me personally as a new dad it was kind of cool to share that moment with her whether or not she'll be a leafs fan we'll see i haven't really been able to convince (laughs) her to watch too many games now she's six but uh but we'll, we'll get there, maybe. There's time. There's I, time. Yeah, yeah. This is this time. I love that you brought up the the Matthews, uh, that Matthews first game because I remember vividly. So I was um in high school. This is back in high school where um I was on this robotics team. We were going down to St. Louis for the World Championships, and actually we were coming back from the World Champs. Um, and the we were it was like late in the night, and and um. One of our mentors just makes an announcement. He's like, "Hey, by the way, the Leafs, uh, the Leafs uh, won the lottery, and uh, and we're gonna be picking at Austin Matthews, right?" And I freak out. I was the only one on the bus that freaks out. All I hear from the back is like, "It's just one dude. Why the hell does that matter?" And then the first game, he hits four goals. I messaged the guy right away. I was like, "Screw <laughs> you." That's why. It matters. <laughs> Eat That's, it. why. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Well, and Mike, you did tease something to us. You guys in the chat don't know this. And you brought up his name a few minutes ago going up against Doug Gilmore. Tell me. Tell me your Gretzky story. Mike, I know you got one. I know it's sitting right there. Yeah, it's uh it's 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 one that uh it was kind of like you always dream of like people you would interview in your in your hockey writing career. And like obviously the great one is at the top of my list. And so this was back when I was writing for the Kings, or I'm still writing for the Kings, but this was a few years ago. And, you know, one of the interesting things is obviously that hockey is not my day job. I have a, you know, I have a full-time career at Cambrian College here in Sudbury, Ontario, but the college is pretty good at letting me kind of pursue this passion, knowing that I still have obviously a job to do. So I was writing for the Kings and it was coming up to would have, would have been the 25th anniversary of Gretzky passing Gordy Howe for the all-time record in, in NHL goals. And uh, I pitched to my editor, I said, like, it'd be great if we could talk to, to, to Wayne Gretzky because you know, who better than, than him for the silver anniversary. And they're like, well, he doesn't do a ton of interviews anymore. This is when he still had a position with the Oilers. They're like, okay, well, we'll see what we can do. They put a line out to the Oilers. Oilers got back to us and said, Wayne will call Mike tomorrow. And I'm like, tomorrow when? Like, 
I've got I've got meetings. I've got I've got stuff scheduled. Like I'll clear my deck for Wayne Gretzky, but I need to know. I need to have a heads up. I need to be prepared. And then it just so happens that my daughter's home sick from daycare the next day. So I'm like, okay, this is this is not going off to a good start. Like Wayne's going to call me. I'm going to be with her. I can't exactly just like leave her, you know, in a room. She's two years old, but I have to be able to like sit down, put my tape recorder on, get my list of questions I need to ask. And because it was Wayne Gretzky, I also had to patch in the Kings because as, as far as alumni go, like he's at the top of the list. So no call comes in the morning. My father-in-law comes to relieve me. I go to lunch with the client that I'm meeting for the first time. We don't bring up that I write about hockey. So I'm like, okay, this, this lunch needs to end. This is great that we're having this meeting and hopefully we can get to develop this partnership. I'm looking at my watch. I'm looking at my phone. I'm, you know, just fidgeting at the table. <laughs> and then we're getting to the part of the, the meal where like the meal's over, the check's about to come. We're talking about next steps. My phone rings and obviously it doesn't say Wayne Gretzky because he's never called me before, but it says Thousand Oaks, California. I'm like, it's Wayne Gretzky calling me. I'm in this restaurant this this partner who has become a good partner of ours stella and i i can't tell her that wayne gretzky's calling me she's not going to believe me my alternative is to run to the bathroom in this restaurant with my tape recorder take the call from the bathroom stall which i didn't do because i thought that would have been worse because one i've got wayne gretzky in the bathroom i'll be gone for at least 15 20 minutes they're going to think that you know something's on the bill or something horribly wrong with me and i'm you know either have indigestion or i've skipped out on the check so I just put my phone back in my pocket and then I finish off the meeting. I get back into my van. I call him right away in the parking lot. Doesn't answer. I'm like, I blew this. The Kings are going to fire me. Never get to talk to Wayne Gretzky again. What have I done? So I get back to Cambrian, get in my office and, you know, they call him the great one for a reason. He called me back. We had a great conversation. I ended up using that story that I just told you as another story that I wrote. But it's it's funny because when I've I've had conversations with the partner uh, bef- like since then, like quite a few. And she always brings up she, now that she knows what happened, she's like, after you put your phone back in your pocket or you did whatever you did, your face just went white. You were like a, like you'd seen a ghost. <laughs> and I said, yeah, that was my hockey writing career flashing before my eyes. And luckily it worked out, but you yeah. made it. Yeah. You made it Mike. It's okay. So, so not many people can say they screened the great one, but, uh, but I can, and it, it all worked out well. We got, we got him in the story and it was, uh, it was honestly a career highlight. For me, for sure. It's a bold move, Cotton. We'll see if it turns out for him. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> hey, but um, yeah, I think that's going to do it here from us. I end off on a hilarious high point. <laughs> that was that's a pretty good story to finish off on. Exactly. I don't know how you top right. that. <laughs> Screening uh, Wayne Gretzky himself. I cannot imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so now we know never again i and, and anybody calls doesn't matter who i'm with it's just like i'm just gonna tell them it's either wayne gretzky or whoever it is take, <laughs> take the call so they don't know whoever's on your phone in your life doesn't have to be wayne gretzky but but take those phone calls <laughs> great advice well, also been really weird just <laughs> trying to call him and record this in the washroom too <laughs> just yeah I, I like what's going on in the background I've, I've done radio hits in bathrooms before not a good idea either um but yeah definitely didn't want to didn't want to do that with with Wayne Gretzky that's for sure <laughs> that's a fantastic story Mike well thank you for coming on we loved I know I've loved having you and I'm sure Harnish has too definitely I yeah. really pre- we really appreciate you making the time for us today and uh and I can't wait to get the book I'm so glad I pre-ordered it I'm glad I could do that on the stream um so I think we'll sign off here so Game Over Toronto. My name is Lauren Williamson. You can find me on Twitter at Lauren in the Six. Harnish, go for it. Pump your tires.
My name is Harnish. Um, you can find me at Harnish Patel on Twitter. And uh, Mike, it's Mike, your turn, buddy. Give us a shout out. Yeah, well, no, thanks, Lauren and Harnish. I really appreciate it. It was great chatting with you guys tonight. And yeah, you can find me on Twitter. So if it's at Mike Comito. Uh, so if you want to find all the hockey history stuff I do, you can find it there and find the links to pre-order your copy of Leaf, Leaf 365. There you go. Well, that's going to do it here from us. Hope you guys enjoyed and make sure you like, subscribe. Um, and if you enjoyed, tweet out at us. Uh, let us know. And if you pre-order, tweet out a mic. Let him know too. <laughs> Tell him we, we sent you here at SDPN. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be uh, that's gonna be it from us until uh, tomorrow where we were playing uh, tomorrow as well. Oh, wow. Second half of back to back. There you go. Detroit tomorrow. That's going to be fun. But have a great night, everyone. Goodbye. Have a good night, everybody. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.